Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersasimo, and today you're listening. On the Believe Network, we are in the middle of clay court season. It is officially May. Roland Garros officially begins this month at the end of the month, and we are in the heart of clay court season as we are at the Mutua Madrid Open in Madrid, Spain, is the big tournament going on right now. We got some news to get to at the very end of this episode you're going to want to stick around for, but before we get there, we got to talk about what's happening at the Madrid Open. There's some great great matches going on, but there's been some upsets, and there's some firsts for a few players. Honestly, this is kind of nice because I feel like we have been steady going in the sport of tennis. You know, Alcaraz wins, just the same names win, nothing really too exciting because, you know, some people in the sport have been so dominant lately. But it's been so nice to just get new faces, learn about new players, and really have other people make big runs at these tournaments, especially this Masters 1000, because this is what the global sport of tennis is all about. You go to a different city every every week, you know, every month it seems like a new service surface sometimes, but it's all about these new players having great tournaments here and there. And that's how people get their name in the sport. That's how people get out there. And I'm really excited that some of them are doing it here in Madrid. The top seed in this tournament, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, I talked about him last week. He's having no problems. He's in the quarterfinals. That's where we're at right now in this tournament is at the quarterfinals. This is about a two-week tournament. Not all Masters 1000s are, but this is about right at two weeks or a little bit less. And so we are at the quarterfinal stage right now. Alcaraz beats Dimitrov on his way there, Rusevori on his way there, and Alexander Sverev. He beats Alexander Sverev 6-1, 6-2. That surprised me. But Sverev making it to this point, the uh, round of 16 in this tournament, I think is good for him moving forward because he feels like he might be starting to get in the groove of things on clay. Remember, this is where he got hurt last year and he hasn't been the same since. So hopefully he is because he's a good player. Fun to watch Alcaraz into the quarterfinal. He'll take on Karen Hachinov. Like I've said about Hachinov before, he just sneaks his way into making deep runs in some of these tournaments. Uh, Hachinov, he beats Batista Agut, goes on to beat Andre Rublev, who had a good tournament, who's played really well on clay as of late. But Hachinov will play Carlos Alcaraz. The way Alcaraz is playing right now on clay is so impressive. He's playing a heavyweight style. I've talked about it on this podcast so many times before. Uh, but I expect him to make a run to the final here. Hachinov, great. But I don't know if he's quite the challenge for Alcaraz uh, that he needs to be to win that match. We keep moving down here. Uh, we got Altmaier. Daniel Altmaier has made it to the quarterfinals out of this side of the section. He is a lucky loser. So he's not even supposed to be in this tournament, and he ends up making it all the way to the quarterfinals. This is very impressive to do. If you're a lucky loser, that means you lost in quarterfinals, you shouldn't be in this tournament, uh, and you kind of just wait around. And so he's going to get a nice little payday here. He is uh, 24 years old, ranked 92 in the world from Germany, and has no titles to his name. Zero titles. His career high is 53. So what a nice surprise for him to get all the way to this stage of this tournament, making it all the way to the quarterfinal. Unfortunately for him, he plays Borna Chorich, who has really played well this year. And Chorich has beat some dogs, making it all the way to the quarterfinals. He's beat Gaston, he has beat Herkoc, and he has beat Davidovich Falkina, who plays great tennis. He 
Chorich beat him in three sets in the tiebreaker in the third set. And Davidovich Falkina beat Holger Rune. For Chorich to get out of this section, or really for this Altmaier to get out of this section, would be huge considering the names that are on the bottom side of this section. Uh, Ivashka, Davidovich Falkina, Holger Rune, Alexander Bublik, uh, Hubie Hercoc, Borna Chorich. If Altmaier gets out of this section, that's an incredible feat. Obviously, lucky loser, so... You know, there was supposed to be a stud there, but, uh, you know, Musetti was in this section. He lands to Hoffman. He loses to Hanfen. Hanfman. Sorry, I mumbled through his name. I apologize, Daniel. No, Yannick Hanfman. 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 He's got to be German, right? What a German last name. Oh, he's German. Yeah. Looks like a stud. 108 in the world. Tall. How tall is this guy? Six foot four, 31 years old. I apologize, Yannick. I did not mean to pronounce your name wrong. I do apologize there. But there's some dogs in this side of the tournament. And if Altmaier gets out of this side, kudos. That'd be sick. Um, Jan Leonard Struff. Struff is back playing really good tennis. He's here and there every once in a while. Uh, he wasn't necessarily supposed to make it out because he's a lucky loser as well. He beat Sinego in the first round, goes on to beat Ben Shelton, goes on to meet Lahovic, and then on his way to beating Kachin in the round of 16 to make it all the way to the quarterfinal here. Francis Tiafo was in this side. I think that was a, someone a lot of people thought would make it out. And FAA, Felix Ojeda-Aliassime was in this side. That's someone who people thought would make I I would definitely have picked FAA to make it out of this side, especially into the quarterfinal. But Lahovic has been playing great tennis. Dushan Lahovic, you've heard me talk about him before. He has rolled as of late. He got a big title earlier this year, the one that was in Bosnia, I believe. Yeah, it was the Banjaluka in the clay court tournament not too long ago here in 2023. So he's rolling, playing really good tennis. And in the quarterfinals, he didn't make it to the quarterfinals, but in the quarterfinals for this side that Struff will play, will play Stefano Sitsipas. And Sitsipas on clay right now is dangerous. Sitsipas into another quarterfinal here in Madrid. He beat uh, Zapata Morales on his way there. He beat Sebastian Baez on his way there. Beat Dominic Team on his way there. Beat Dominic Team in a tiebreaker. That is a great match for Dominic Team. We I keep looking for moral victories as Dominic Team keeps coming back into the realm of tennis and keeps getting closer and closer and closer to becoming a threat again on tour. And this to me is a moral victory. Sitsipas is definitely a contender in any tournament he plays in. And for Dominic Team to take him three sets and then lose in a tiebreaker, that's huge for Dominic Team. I also saw at the very end of this Dominic Team at the handshake or Stefano Sitsipas, I should say. At the handshake was like, keep going, you're going to be back, you're doing good. So good good signs on the way for Dominic Team, as it seems. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, my bad. Let's get down to the most exciting part of the quarter. This quarter, I'm jacked about. It's the very bottom side of the bracket. The two seed in this tournament, Daniil Medvedev, I'm going to get to him in a sec. He loses in the round of 16, but I think it's stacked down here. There's a lot of good names. Uh, Cam Nori, you got guys like Shapo. Taylor Fritz is down here. Uh, Karatsev is down here. You have Alex de Manure is down here. Fuchovic is down here. Jerry's down here. Van de Zanschkult is down here. Laheka, J.J. Wolf. Andy Murray, there's weapons down here. And this is why this side of the bracket is so impressive. And I'm going to get to the guy right now who is shocking the world, it seems like. Shizhen Zhang. That's what I'm going to call him. Shizhen Zhang. It might be Zhang. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. But Shizhen 
Zhang is not seated in this tournament. He comes in the first round. He is 26 years old, ranked 99 in the world. And to be honest, I don't know much about this guy. And I'm learning with you, and you're about to learn as well, what this guy's doing in Madrid because it's remarkable. In the second round, he beats Shapo in a tiebreaker. In a tiebreaker, he beats Denis Shapovalov, who's the 21 seed in this tournament. In the third round, he beats Cam Nori in a third set tiebreaker. Okay? In the fourth round, which is the round of 16, he beats Taylor Fritz in a tiebreaker in the third set. Three straight third set tiebreakers he gets in to make it all the way to the quarterfinals. Remarkable. Remarkable tennis. To be be so poised in that moment against some of the world's best, the biggest names in tennis, top 20 biggest names in tennis. Incredible. Incredible. Zhang becomes the first Chinese man to reach a Masters 1000 quarterfinals. Incredible. The fairy tale continues for Zhang. This continues for Zhang to make it all the way to the quarterfinals. I am so excited to watch him play the rest of this tournament. I'm about to tell you who he's going to play and tell you a little bit of history about who who else he's going to play here in the quarterfinal. But man, am I excited to watch Zhizhen Zhang play in the quarterfinals in Madrid. Lights out tennis. Ice in his veins. Three straight tiebreakers against massive opponents. And he wins all three of them. That is special. So who is he going to play? Right? Who is he going to play in the quarterfinals. It's not going to be easy for him. Not going to be an easy task. Uh, Alex Manur could have came out of here. Laheka could have came out of here. Uh, Daniil Medvedev could have came out of here down to this quarter. But it was Aslan Karatsev. Aslan Karatsev is a fantastic player. He comes When he's on, he comes in and out every once in a while. He's number 121 in the world. But when he's on, he is brutal to beat. You can't beat him. He plays lights out. He has three titles in his career. And this is when he really came onto the scene there. 2021, 2022, 2021, he won Moscow and Dubai. And then he won Sydney in 2022 playing lights out tennis. But Karatsev from Russia... Doesn't represent his country right now because he can't, and that's you know that's what the ATP Tours decided to do. But Karatsev lights out tennis. He beats Daniil Medvedev in a tiebreaker in the first set, six four in the second set. He also beats Van de Zandschulp, and he also beats Damon Neuer to reach his first ever Masters one thousand quarterfinal. First one. I I wouldn't expect that because he's played such good tennis as of the last few years. But Karatsev will play Zhang in the quarterfinal to see who makes the semis of this tournament. Going to be a record-breaking performance for either of them. Whoever makes it is going to be their first, um, and it could be the first for a country of China if Zhang wins. But these two have really been the highlight of this tournament for me. It could have been so easy for Medvedev or Damon or Nori or Fritz to come out of this quarter and it'd be another quarter that a big ma- big name came out of. But for these two to make this quarter exciting, for these two to just play lights out all the way through here, has been awesome to watch. It's been awesome to follow. And I'm excited for these guys because it's showing a little parody in tennis right now. And I, I'm jacked it's these guys, to be honest, because they're fun to watch. And, you know, they're putting in their time. They're working hard, and they get it done here in Madrid. I know they want to win it, but in my eyes, they've already won a little bit here. So awesome for these guys as the Madrid tournament continues there in Spain. And we'll get to a winner. But right now, who do I think is playing the best? It's got to be Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, Carlos Alcaraz is playing just some absolutely physical tennis on clay right now. Uh, He's so hard to beat. He's so hard to win off of. 
and I think it's going to be him, to be honest. Um, I'd love it for to be you know someone else surprise us a little bit, but he's in his home country and he's playing lights out. That's usually a recipe for Carlos Alcaraz winning a tournament, I would say. Let's move on. All right, it's time for some news on this program, and we're going to get to some good tennis news. Kind of a busy week in tennis news, to be honest. First off, we got to talk about the Met Gala that just happened. Uh, Roger Federer was there. Serena Williams was there. Serena Williams announces she's pregnant with her second child. Congrats to Serena. Um, who else was there? It was Matteo Berrettini was there. Uh, there are a lot of athletes there. Uh, a few good tennis players. There. Andy Roddick was there with his wife, Brooklyn Decker. Uh, there's some, some great representation for tennis, I must say. And uh, Roger Federer, though, looking fly as ever. Right? Like, Roger Federer, very simple look. But, man, looked looked fantastic, I thought. Very clean outfit. Wouldn't expect anything too flashy from Roger. We didn't get it, but, man, he I thought he had a fly outfit on. All right, speaking of Roger Federer, he, according to Forbes, that just came out, the top 10 richest athletes or that made the most money in the last year, Roger Federer is still up there. Roger Federer right now is at like number nine in the world, and he didn't even play tennis last year. Like he retired, and he's still making more money than athletes that are getting paid to play right now. Right? Like incredible, incredible from Roger Federer. That tells you the marketability of Roger Federer. That tells you how great of a businessman he is was off the court uh, during his time to set him up for now. It is estimated he's making about $95 million right now. Let's see what this article says. It says he is, it's right here, Tennis Ace Roger Federer, number nine on this year's list earnings, is one of them, and he didn't miss a milestone by much in 2023 either, with an estimated $95.1 million for not playing tennis. Incredible. Incredible. That that just tells you the marketability of tennis and what tennis can do on a worldwide scale, on a global scale, and you know what you can do in the business part of tennis. When you have that marketability, uh, I think we think athletes here in America are massive, but on a worldwide stage, tennis, soccer, I mean, tennis is nowhere near soccer, but those two sports, huge on the world stage, and they get it done. So, Roger Federer, kudos to you, man. Give me 100 bucks. Can I go out to eat tonight? All right, sounds good. Let's move on. Nick Curios, unfortunately, some sad news here. Nick Curios, um, According to a report, uh, his mom that was driving his Tesla at the time was held at gunpoint as someone stole his Tesla. And luckily for Nick, he can track his Tesla. So he tracked his Tesla. Police came, arrested the guy. But scary moment for him down under uh, and his family, really uh, traumatizing moment, it sounds like. Uh, but he was in the news headlines that he was trending. I didn't know what was going on. So I checked Nick Kyrgios and that's what was going on. So happy to hear it sounds like everybody is safe other than, you know, maybe a little disturbance and a little bit of trauma from having a gun pointed at you, which is never good. Uh, but good to hear that everyone's safe down under and Nick Kyrgios and his family uh, seem to be doing well after a scary incident with his mom. And we move on to our final note of the day. Novak Djokovic, number one in the world right now, will be able to compete in the U.S. Open this year after the United States government said it will end its COVID-19 vaccin- vaccination requirement for international travelers on May 11th. Great news for the U.S. Open, because right now it's up in the air whether, you know, Rafael Nadal is going to be able to be there, and, you know, with Roger Federer not playing this year and Serena Williams not playing this year, uh, Naomi Osaka not playing this year, I think they're desperate for a big name. I really do. And Novak Djokovic being there is going to put butts in seats. It's going to drive up the marketing value of the tournament. But most importantly, it brings the skill up of the tournament. And 
I think it's fantastic that Novak is playing. I don't know if he's playing in the U.S. Open. He hasn't said he's playing in the U.S. Open. I would just assume he's playing in the U.S. Open. But he's able to play in the U.S. Open, which is, I think, a really, really good sign for everybody. So really looking forward to seeing Novak in New York once again. Uh, if he does anything like he did down under where he couldn't play and he came back and he rolled and won, I think he can probably do it again in New York this year. So uh, he didn't get to play in New York for the last two years. Probably not happy about it. I think he comes in with a little bit of upset nature to him. And I'm not saying he's winning it because I'm not going to give you my pick. It's only May. But he's. I think he's going to be dominant in New York later this year. Appreciate you listening. Uh, the Mutual Madrid Open is going on right now. That is what I got my eyes on. Uh, what we have to look forward to here now that it's the month of May is it looks like there's a... Oh, yeah, the Rome tournament. The Rome Masters 1000 starts on the 10th of May, which is in a week. So in a week, I'm going to you know talk about Madrid, what happened there, and then we'll talk about what happens in Rome or what we're going to talk about is going to prepare you for Rome, to watch Rome, and then Geneva happens, and then Lyon, France happens, and then it's Paris. So Paris starts on the 28th. That is Roland Garros on the 28th of May. So get ready for that. That's going to do it for this episode. We had some news at the end of it. Thanks for sticking around. I'm going to get you out of here. Sorry, I got a little long-winded today. Seems to happen from time to time. Appreciate you listening. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.